Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Got my red on. I see Miss Brooks, which is it? It's whatever you want to call her, man. She's good. How about Sergeant Brooks? (laughs) She used used to be that tyrant. (laughs) I keep telling you, man, it's the grandkids, man. The grandkids make her the way she is, man. The grandkids. You ask me. Hey, hey, I'm going to tell you something. So, like, my aunt and uncle, I was raised by my grandparents. And so my aunt and uncles would go like this. Brother Bear, that ain't the same guy we had. And when I, my my uncle Mike used to tell me, your grandfather's trying to get to heaven. Right. <laughs> he, I'm telling you. Because that ain't the same guy. Bro. That's I'm... not the same guy that you see fawning over you, man. That was his little shadow. And so he was big Danny. I was little Danny. That's why I call my daughter little D and Didi is because she's not named after me, Danielle. She's named after my grandfather because my grandfather's name is Danny. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I named him after the person I respected the most right. in my life. So I named him. And, yeah. And so like, oh, that guy you see, that ain't the same dude I was raised no, that with. Is, that's not that's <laughs> not the same lady, dog, that, that was that was sitting, uh, was walking on the army base with with the with her pajamas on and a robe with a ninja machete looking for me. It's not the same one. A ninja sword, dog. It's not the same lady, bro. It's not the did same. She lady, have, did though. she have a scowl on her face, too, to even intimidate you more? Oh, man. Oh, man. You just don't understand, bro. Is that where you got your game face from? Bro, it's exactly where I got it from, man. <laughs> it's exactly where I... Bro, I used, to think, I used to think that, all right, I got to get them before they get me because I don't want to deal with this lady at home. That's why I used to beat kids up for my brothers because I didn't want to get, you know, the repercussions of going home and saying, all right, you let your brother get beat up. I got a problem with that. I'd rather deal with the other consequences of the parents, the oh, yeah. police, or whatever, than to deal with my mother, my pops. I, you know, I this that's just not me. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not with that, bro. I'm not with it. I wasn't trying to play around with my parents, bro. You know, my we're grandfather talking was back. one of the most intimidating people you've ever met in your life. He just, <laughs> right. Everybody, everybody knew Brother Bear, man, and he. Oof, man! I like I that, Brother some, Bear. I, I like swear, that. Just, I swear, like a truck driver. Mm-hmm. I never swore in my grandfather's house while he was alive. Right. <laughs> Ever, man. I mean, I, my entire life, I never in a million years ended up. By the way, you know, all kidding aside here, you were talking that you don't watch golf and you had no idea or you didn't give a crap about golf until Tiger showed up. What do you yes. think the fascination with Tiger Woods is? Because Tiger's going to be teeing off here in a little bit here, obviously a year ago. 
we almost lost the legend. And I, 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 I watch major championships and the players, but really if Tiger's not in it, I'm not watching it. What do you think the fascination is with Tiger? Yeah, well, it, I mean, it has a lot to do with his dominance. You know, that's number one, man. But, you know, from, 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 from black folks, man, and, you know, a black dude on a, on a, on a course, you know what I'm saying? A dominate way he did, like, you know, him going to the Masters and dominating the Masters and after he wins, you know, what's going to be on the menu this year? Uh, collard greens and fried chicken, you know? I mean, that just that just totally put us all the way on board then, you know what I'm saying? Now we're going to put hog miles. We're going to go out there and, 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 and pickle pig feet, everything else Which, on there. Which, by the way, I've eaten. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness, man. But, you know, I mean, it's just his fact, because he was so dominant and nobody else could hold his – Hold his job for like what? For like a probably about oh, an twenty years. Period. Twenty no. years. Twenty years. Twenty. Wow. See, I mean, that's that's incredible to me. You know what I'm saying? To and holding sport. all the major championships at one time called the Tiger Slam, and to see what he did in his amateur career too. I mean, there's no doubt he is into. And you know, he hasn't had though, Barrett. And I'm going to say something here. He hasn't had the impact on. Black golfers yet dominating the sport, but you know where he has had the Asian golfer on oh, his yeah. mother's side. You see, Asian golfers, the defending champion, um, is an Asian, and he's had more influence on Asian okay. golfers in America than any other golfer in the history of the sport. And the other impact that he's made is the fact that these tournaments now. You're making a boatload of money. The number one thing Phil Mickelson said, one year he made, get this, uh, Barrett, he made like $600,000. He won the Buick Invitational one year. After Tiger started dominating, within a matter of three years, it was $1.7 And that was wow. all because of Woods bringing the game to everyone's eyes. The mass media, yeah. must watch TV. His practice round yesterday looked like a Sunday when people were circling the T, I mean, he's just got it. I, I've got it on right now, and everyone knows it's going to be massive ratings. And to see Tiger, Tiger, Tiger can be Eldridge this week because we're not – I don't think he can win. Do I think he has a chance? Absolutely. But to me, it's his health getting around the course and looping around the course, and I think it's got to do with him. And like you said, his dominance, him being black in a – White person sport. Well, he I just mean, said the Philly Masters. The Philly fan said he said he's not black. Well, he said he's multicultural. Come on, man. You know, I mean, and if people understand, like back in back in not even a hundred years ago, that if you had fifteen percent black in you, you were considered black. You could have you could have you know you know the rest white, but you were still considered black if you had fifteen percent in you. I mean, and and that's the way they used to they used to. Um, go out and, and have census. They would have a census like that, you know. So it's crazy, you know. We're all, we're not even not even eighty years away from that, you know. What I'm saying a hundred years away from that, you know. I mean, it was it was prominent, you know, not just too far long ago. There are still people alive that knew about that and and had, were, were judged like that, bro. Absolutely, and 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 Philly Eagle fan, you're right. Golf is boring, but Tiger's not. Right. <laughs> that's that's the difference that I'm talking. I'm not talking about watching DeChambeau or Kepka or these guys. I'm talking about Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods and Tom Brady, okay? You talk about a competitive 
spirit. And you talk about guys like that, that you look at, you know, just you root for and against are those two dudes. They're polarizing figures. I mean, I don't know, Barrett. I'm not going to sit here and, you know, and have us do two hours of uh, golf talk, but I'm just, there's just something about that guy that just well, bro, attracts you to him. I'm going to you know tell you what, what I mean? it's about. I'm going to tell you what it's about. He dominated the sport so much so that golf, he got golfers in the gym. Golfers started working out. To they look like athletes. Yeah, he, he, he's the one to transition them into being athletes yeah. because he started working out and they saw the results of him going out and conditioning his body to play golf. You know what I'm saying? He's looking more like a, 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 a baseball player then he was looking like a, you know a golfer. You know what I'm saying? He had muscles, man. He he was able to dominate the sport because he was ahead of the game as far as working out. Now you got the guys at DeChambeau going out there, you know, lifting weights and looking like you know monsters out there crushing the rock. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's what it comes from. He was like the new evolution of of golf, and he 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 transferred into it really being a sports sport. You know what I'm saying? A sport where you have to be an athlete, an athletic sport. That's what he did. You know what, though? I will tell you this. There's no doubt. You, you, you know Michael Phelps, the uh, gold medal winning, winning swimmer? Yeah. I just look at those kind of sports, man. They're country club white boy sports. <laughs> and I just, I mean, Ed, Barrett, you know, I have no respect for those things. <laughs> well, I really I have no respect for Michael Phelps. Well, I mean, swimmers, well, he, I mean, he smokes weed, man. So, I mean. <laughs> um, well, they're, okay, maybe a little bit then. <laughs> maybe I have more respect for him. But you know what? Like you talk about country club sports and polo and, and you know, being jockeys, you know, and all that, you know, squash. You know, I don't know, man. I I don't know, man. I just – I see it because to me, like the Summer Olympics, a lot of those like equestrian – I mean, how's that a sport? You're on a horse. <laughs> and, and then Snoop Dogg goes, look at that Look at that horse. Look at that. He crip walking. <laughs> you look, look at, at it, man. That. I, I love like some of the best athletes in the world are are to me soccer players. To be able to run and hockey players, soccer and hockey players are are, are some of the best athletes. You in don't the world. see fat boys in them sports. No, man, it's all that running and all that skating, man. I mean, it's hard enough to skate and when you can't skate, but these guys, are, man, are, are are doing everything on the on the ice, man. That guys are running can do. You know, I couldn't even do the stuff that they're doing when I was running. You know what I'm saying? If I'm out in the field playing hockey like that, I couldn't do the stuff that these guys do. So, like, the, to me, those are some of the best. Af- like, if you look at their quads, go look at a, 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 um, a soccer player's quads or or, or a, a hockey player's quads. Man, they got gigantic. They all have quads like Barry Sanders. You See, know when, you, when, you, when you look at those players and they go like this, you're the best player in the world. You are the – like, when you're the best hockey player in the world, like you're Sidney Crosby – yeah, you're someone like that, right? Ovechkin, you're the best player in the world. When you're Messi or you're Cristiano Ronaldo, you're the greatest player on the planet. Right. When you're a right. pro football player. You're the greatest pa- player in North America. Right. You play in Canada <laughs> and you play in America. Not the, I, I, hey, look, I root for American sports. Okay, I love I love the Olympic Games because it's got a lot of country pride in it. When the national anthem's played and the flags up, I'm all good with that. You know. But to me, man, when you're like a – when someone goes, that guy's the best hockey player in the world. That <laughs> dude is the best hockey player on the planet. Russia, no China, right. anywhere. Again, so I'm with you here. All right. I got something for you, Barrett. Oh, here we go. Oh, go. Hold on. Hold on. Where's my lighter? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm just – by the way, by the way. 
Hey, hey, look at this. Hold on, hold on. I'm gonna tell you. I watched, I watched half the show yesterday. You know what I'm saying? And I love the way you just go off the comments, and 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 and, and you know, and, and you were just rolling with them, and they were just rolling. And you would, you were unfazed by it. You know, they were trying to fire shots. You firing shots back at them, man. That's a different way of doing the show. I hadn't thought of doing a show like that, man. But you were just firing away, always Good. trying to get better. So I'm taking notes and trying to make sure that I. I, I see, you know, the other ways of doing it. You know, I was, Harry, I took notes. All these guys, I took a lot of notes just from checking it out. And, you know, I, said, I, I like the way you did that show, man. I like it. Well, see, what I wanted to do was, Barrett, you and I are going to do a show completely different than that show. And I do that because, to me, and again, you know, the one thing that I've learned about the Philadelphia sports fans, you know, they keep asking me, because what you don't want to be is a fraud. Oh, look at Cilio parading in and parachuting in, and he's covering the Eagles. How I do things, Barrett, is completely different than anyone else. Right. I get it. Right. I get a I get a temperature of the fan base. You want to know the worst fan base I've ever talked to? It's in Los Angeles. They're oh, there is no fan they base. They don't give yeah. a shit about sports. They care about the beaches and doing other things. Man, college football is not registered. I get in New England. College football is not registered. It's more of a professional area. They love their professional sports. South Florida, Florida in general, they love the Gators. They love the Canes. They love college football. Da, 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 da. So I, I've, I've talked from East Coast to West Coast, and I get what people are, but I've met only two fan bases, Barrett. And I would probably throw the Steelers and Pittsburgh into that conversation as well. The people in Boston, when I spoke at and did radio at WEEI, Man, they got a picket fence around that city. And you come into that city and you start talking shit on the Celtics or you start talking shit on the Red Sox, you better come with receipts. Right. And that's kind of <laughs> the same thing in Philadelphia. You know, I got emotional yesterday a little bit when we started talking about Jerome. Mm-hmm. And Jerome used to tell me about, you know, the Philadelphia sports fans. And, you know, before he died, he was talking to me. And I'll never forget the day when Reggie – you know, had to announce at the vet that Jerome had been killed. And it, it, it still breaks my heart today. I don't even, I can't believe I even watched that because I don't like to watch that. And he was just talking to me. He goes, Phils, these people, man, they'll kick you in the head and prop you up and tell you how, what a good dude you are if you go out and perform for him. I said, but isn't that what we're all looking for when it comes to yep. fans? You don't want people who are frauds as fans. Hey, you're doing a good job. Great. Hey, you suck, dude. We're we they the people in Philly want to root for you. Yep. They yep. want to. They hate when they have to turn on people like Ben Simmons. They hate when they have to turn on people like Carson Wentz. I made this point yesterday to you. You know how he getting more draft picks? He still missed on the franchise quarterback. Yep. He missed on the franchise guy. And now we're debating whether or not Jalen can be a starting quarterback for Philadelphia moving on. And you're like this. Okay, so we got more draft choices. He got the contract off. So he rectified a mistake in a way. But at the end of the day, he failed at finding the franchise guy. Who so jumped up. He jumped up to the second you don't get it. You don't get this, Barrett. <laughs> yeah, but I think yeah. Philly sees this. I don't think you get this. Hey, way to go getting that contract out of Philly and you moved them. Hey, congratulations. Dude, you made the mess. You want me to give you credit for cleaning up your shit that you made here. Well, he's 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 masterful of doing that though. 
That's one thing that Howie Roseman can do. He can he can he can go up and clean up a mess that he created. Like the mere fact when well I no he didn't create this mess. I think it was more so um it, it was more so Chip Kelly did. But Chip Kelly brought in Vernon Maxwell. He was the number one free agent cornerback. Um, I think it's Chip's first or second year, his first year. And um, he he was he was terrible, man. I mean, he was terrible. You could tell I, the Legion of Boom. He was he was the worst guy in the Legion of Boom in Seattle. So Vernon Maxwell, I mean Maxwell came out and he did. He, Byron Maxwell, he didn't do anything, man. I remember his first game. He goes up against Julio Jones and 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 um and um when he's with the Falcons, he turned around. He said, <laughs> so he's kind of smiling, you know, when when he comes out, you know, to interview him. Hey, man, how does it feel, man? You just got torched by Julio Jones. He had 120 yards and catches. He said, damn. No, he said, he said, shit, he had that many yards? <laughs> I'm like, what you mean that he had that many yards? He crushed you. He, he took you for a loop. He was spinning you around like a top. And he rewrote his wrong by immediately getting that guy out of the locker room and trading him and Kiko Alonso, another one of, of, of Chip Kelly's um, uh, bad, you know, trades, and got them both out of there and sent them to Miami. Um, and and that you eventually want me to do pat you on the back for that, right? And, and he eventually got him to, but see, it was it, it was Chip though. It was those were Chip guys, but he did get oh, those that's guys right. out that's of there. Right. He was in the broom closet, right? He and he got them guys out of there, traded the contract, and then jumped down to get was able to get to number two and pick up Carson Wentz then. But Carson, you're right. Carson Wentz didn't he didn't work, man. He didn't work. So dude, that was supposed to be. What's this, Barrett? I'd rather have the franchise quarterback than the number one pick. I don't, right. I don't, okay, I get a number one pick. What are you going to give me, Derek Barnett again? Jalen Rager? I don't, I don't the, need the number right one there. pick. I need a franchise. Here, they're trying to build this team without the franchise guy. You, you get all that, those picks. You get all those picks, Barrett, okay? You're, how can you build the team when you don't know if you have the signature piece on your football team yet? And you're going out and you're acquiring all these pieces. You see, you know why Brady worked in New England or Aaron Rodgers or any of these other places work? When you have a quarterback that you know you're in contention for a Super Bowl and you get draft choices and you and you could put – and you can have maybe not the greatest roster on the planet, but you're protecting your quarterback. You have players that can move the chains. Amendola, I've made this point to you. Do you know Tom Brady won Super Bowls with not one first-round draft choice in his huddle? What? Except for Sony Michelle. I want you to think about that. All the draft choices and first-rounders that Howie has, Tom Brady won six championships with not one first-round skilled player in his huddle. Yeah. Yeah. Brady was a sixth. Amendola, Welker, Edelman. He took Gronk. everybody's garbage. He took everybody's garbage Gronk. and made them great. Well, Hernandez. Gronk was a second. Hernandez yep. was a fifth or fourth. Yep. I think he was a third. I'm not I thought he was later because of his see. shit at Florida. That might have been the case. He wasn't a lot of, of the it. crap at Florida. He would. He should have been. My estimation, Aaron Hernandez is one of the top players in the history of Connecticut football, and Steve Young's out of that place, and there's a couple other great Hall of Famers that played there. Uh, what's his name? Romanowski played up in that neck of the woods too. Romo did. Yeah, Romo's a Connecticut guy. We made a lot of all-star teams together when we were in high school. I did not know that, man. Yeah, no, he he's he's really 
hey, hey, uh, what's his name? Bruce Jenner or Caitlyn Jenner, man, from Groton, Connecticut, just to throw that in there. I don't know. Man. <laughs> I, 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 oh, I just, you're right. He was a fourth rounder. Yes, yeah, fourth rounder. Yeah, him and Gronk got drafted in the same draft class. I didn't know that. Holy cow. Gr- Wait a minute. Gronk was in the second. And Hernandez was in the fourth. They drafted both of those tight ends in the same draft. I think so, because I just saw something on uh, Gronk. Um, on Gronk, I think yesterday, saying he got drafted in 2010. Let me look. Holy me look. shit, man! I did not know that. Let me see. Oh, wow, <laughs> dude! I'm thinking. I'm thinking it's Soto. Let me look, man. You know, I mean. Is- I'm, hey, come on, everybody. You know, I always try to research it, man. I'm, I mean, I, oh, yeah, 2010. Yes, 2010. Gronk was 2010. Hernandez was 2010. One was the 30, uh, 42nd pick, and the other was um, – and Hernandez was the – let me see. He was the 113th pick. That's crazy great. In, in, in Hernandez would have been a Hall of Fame player, too. He has his skill level, he's man. Like Travis Kelsey, and that's how they revolutionized. You know, yes. they changed. The, they transitioned from a fullback to a two tight end, twelve personnel backfield, and and the smaller defenses couldn't. They couldn't line up with it. They didn't know they what to do. They were annihilating teams with you know, that. Pick your poison. I mean, you go out there and you try. You, you when you have two tight ends in, in, that means you're going to run the ball. Well, both of these guys are skilled enough. To go out and catch passes like receivers, incredible. So you were wrong. You could line them up. You could both yep. line both of them up in the slot, and now a defense has their regular personnel, their their uh, base personnel, which is three linebackers. Now you have a linebacker lined up on one of these um, tight ends, and neither one of them could um, could um, you know cover them. And a safety couldn't cover them, and a, and a linebacker couldn't cover them. So man, that, that offense man was unbelievable because you know he found a matchup in which nobody could defend. Nobody could defend. No, you couldn't because they would they would kill that seam, and you didn't. Yep. You had to have cover two Tampa two type linebackers like Derek Brooks mm-hmm. to cover, or, or like. And I told you this before when you. I don't know if you played with Ryan Shazier, but I'll say this to you: when Shazier got paralyzed, yeah, it destroyed the Steelers' defense so much because he was the Gronk neutralizer. Yep. Yep. He, he could, absolutely was. He could defend that scene, play the run. He played those tight ends as well as any linebacker, and he was bigger than Derrick Brooks. And remember, Tomlin came out of that Tampa 2 Tony Dungy coaching staff in Tampa, and he knew he needed a linebacker. If you want to be able to stop a linebacker, you've got to have a special linebacker that knows how to deal with a Tampa 2-type defense. Yep, and that's what Shazier was at Ohio State. Yep, he was able to cover those guys. We had – the reason why we were so good on the defensive side of the ball, everybody talks about Joey Porter. Yes, he was dominant. Clark Hagan on one side, Joey Porter on the other side. We had, you know, um, you know, had Big A. We had Aaron in there. We had a lot of guys that could rush the passer. But a guy that nobody really talked about, we call him Peasy. And that was James Ferrier. Hmm. You know, Potsy, we call him Potsy. Peasy was Joey Porter. Potsy was, um, was, was, was James Ferrier. James Ferrier was that linebacker. He was a traditional Mike or Jack linebacker in that three four, but he Michigan could, guy, right? No, no, he's from Virginia, Virginia, Virginia. Virginia. Uh, you talking about Larry Foot? Now Foot was yeah. actually the middle linebacker. He was the run enforcer. That's what he was. And then you had James Ferrier, who was a guy that could run with running backs. He could run with tight ends. We lined him up everywhere, and that's what he was. He was that piece that you no know, nobody really talked about in the defense, 
but he was the glue that had that defense together because he could cover guys and he would also, you know, like, you know how you defensive linemen like to say, hey, I, I see something. I got this. I'm, I'm taking this gap. I'm taking this gap. And he'd be like, oh, man. He'd be like, oh, man. So now I got to cover my gap and your gap. He was that type of linebacker that could do that. You know, I'd love he could go out there. Hey, hey, I'm, I'm shooting the gap, shooting the gap. <laughs> that means I don't have to take on Barrett. Hey, I'm hitting the gap. I'm hitting the gap. Linebackers, you can hear behind me going, no, man, no. And you're <laughs> going like, hey, man, it's a TV game. Big Seal's got to get back there in the backfield. I got to get my face out there. It's a summer all in Madden game. That's, that's exactly what, um, <laughs> and, you know, when I sit down, I talk to Seth and we were talking about, you know, we're talking about Brown. He said all the time, he said, man, I was forever covering up a gap. He said, hey, I see some, I see some. And Seth would be like, oh, man. Hey, I said, he said, of course, Jerome, you know, I got deep flats, man. I see some, I see some. He said nine times out of 10, if he saw some, he would go make the play. But sometimes he wouldn't make the play, and he and and and, and Seth is sitting there like, all right, what what do I do? What do I do? <laughs> like a lane, you're like I ninety five. Right, right, yeah. right. Okay, I have something here for you. All right, here we go. Brooks, you ready? Let's go. Hold on. Where's my lighter? I'm gonna light it on fire here. I'm counting on you to take the extinguisher out. So, Matt Corral is being brought in to Philadelphia yes. by the front office. To have a conversation, basically, it's a job interview. Yes, one of the thirty. One of the thirty. Um, it's one of the thirty interviews that each team has. They can bring in a rookie. I mean, uh, bring in a, a draft choice and um and 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 interview him. Why him? Well, I mean, I'm gonna tell you what. And, and when you look at Corral, he was a little, you know, he was a little flighty with with his passes. You know, not last year, but the year before last. So he put a, he put the ball in harm's way a lot just because you know he's one of those guys that believes in his receivers. So sometimes he would throw the ball in double coverage, you know, just thinking that his guy could go out there and make a play. Well, he changed it around this year. This year he had a better season. He had better numbers, even though the team didn't do as well as they should. And you know, Lane had him going in the right direction, but they just didn't early in the season, they didn't win as much as they should have. He was like the catalyst of them turning around and, and becoming a better team. And it's because he has a live arm, man. He can he can he can throw any pass you want to. He has a strong arm, but he just didn't have the decision making in the you know the year before. Well, this year he kind of refined it a little bit. He became a better quarterback. That's why his name shot up the list, you know, towards the middle of the season. His name shot up that that list because he was playing better. He wasn't putting the ball in harm's way as much as he did the year before, which made him a better draft uh, prospect because he has a cannon of an arm. He limited he, he limited his interceptions. Yes, he limited it. But one thing that, you know, hurts him, another thing that hurts him that he hasn't really understand it, he's not 250 pounds. And he plays the game like he's 250 pounds. You know, he's going out and seeking punishment from linebackers. He's going, if, if the play breaks down, he's going and running like he's a running back. Now, he has to cut that out. Take that out of his game. Oh, don't worry. That'll be beat out of him when he <laughs> thinks he's going to take off. And, hey, and you you start running against some of these teams. Do you know what – and, again, it's a great point. You know, what's, you know what defensive coordinators started doing to Tim Tebow? What's well, that? Tebow would go down that line of scrimmage with that ball in his hand. Oh, and yeah. you know what yeah. the defensive coordinators are telling him? Whether he has the ball or not, destroy him. Yep, hit him. And hit they him. started destroying him, and by the end of the game – 
this guy's beat up, and there's no way he was going to play with that RPO style exactly. in the National Football League. So if he thinks he's going to take off, and by the way, he's not an RPO guy, so that's not something, but maybe he's the only guy with this quarterback class that kind of fits what the Eagles are looking at because Malise Willick, Barrett, even all the way back from his time at Auburn and then when he went to Liberty, he's an RPO guy. They don't want that style of play in Philadelphia. No, no. They want to get caught up with the modern-day NFL. And Corral can definitely do that. And I, I – now, if, if I don't know if they'll – I think he'll be in the second round. But they would have to trade up to get him in the second round. You think like Matt that. Corral goes to the second round? Yeah, I think he goes to the second. I think there's only going to be two quarterbacks drafted in the first. Pickett and Willis. Pickett and Willis will be the two quarterbacks drafted in the first. That's what I'm thinking. Um, a guy that they're not really talking about is a kid from Nevada. He yeah. has a live arm also. Um, What's his name? Uh, Carson? Carson Strong. Carson, Carson Strong. Strong. Carson Strong is it? I mean, he's the prototypical um, stand-in-the-pocket quarterback. Like six foot five, six foot six, you know, right, right around there, six foot five, six four, around there. Um, has a strong arm. His he doesn't even have functional mobility. He's he's Brady esque as far as his, his mobility. He ain't running from anybody. But isn't but that think, a protocol? That's the prototype quarterback though that we saw in the playoffs. Yes, it's the guy that sits back there and fires it from the pocket. And it's it's what you see in uh, what you see with the Bengals right now. I mean, he can hose it. You. you he he can man he can fire it man he can throw it man and I I liked it I did um I did I did the, the Nevada Kansas State game and I watched them and I mean what they did on defense was 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 great because they blitzed them every single play well really blitzed them because uh, Kansas State runs a three three five so they have three down linemen down there and they would still bring two back they was bring two backers so they was bringing five so that is blitzing because you know once you bring that fifth defender that becomes a blitz. So they were they were lighting him up because his offensive line wasn't that good. They were kind of stiff. So you know they would delay blitz him, knowing that you know they had tight man coverage on the outside. So he had to hold it a little, little bit and wait for his his plays to develop. And they were able to hit him, and he wasn't going anywhere. Wherever he started off, that's where he stayed. You know, what I'm saying the shotgun, he stayed right there. Well, you know that kind of hurt him his functional mobility. But talking about a guy that can sit in the pocket and deliver a ball. He's not scared of getting hit in the face. He's going to sit there and he's going to deliver the ball down the field. Corral is different. Corral is more so – I'm not going to say he's 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 got that, t- that talent level. He's he's probably on the same line as, as, as Allen is – Allen was when he first got drafted. They're very comparable on their skill sets while they were in college. Very, very comparable. In fact, I think Matt might have been a little bit better than, than he was because he went against better talent in he the did. SEC. And so, I think Josh is a little bigger too. Oh yeah, Josh. I mean, and that's what got him drafted. His size got him. Like that's five, totally. Six six. It was not his. Your dad. That's a great point. He's one of the guys that benefited from going to the combines. Yep. Because yep. when you saw him, Barrett, you were like this. Holy shit! This guy's a big dude with a cannon arm. Yep. 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 Exactly. And Corral's six he, two. He, he plays in the Southeastern Conference. That's what's going to get him drafted. I'll make this point to you, Barrett. If if Matt Corral's in the second round on the Eagles and he's fallen that far and my pick is there, man, I, I, I'd i be hard-pressed not to go and get him. No, 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 no. 
you're gonna have to trade up to get him. And I don't, and I would not be mad them trading up and getting that young man. I would not be mad. Say what you want to say, Macaral, he's worth a second round pick. You know what I'm saying? So for them to go up and get him in the second round, they would have to do that. I'm totally on board with that. You know what I'm saying? They got Jalen in the second round. They can go get him in the second round. You're saying there's a quarterback, they're a quarterback factory. And I, I mean, okay, a quarterback, I'm not trying to hear that, but you know, he's worth the draft. Pick. He's he's got that, he's got that 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 internal clock that's that's busted up. He doesn't care about an internal clock. He wants to make the big play all the time. And I think that might hamper him a little bit in his, in his progression when he becomes, you know, when he when he does get to the pros. That internal clock is kind of busted. So he's going to try to exhaust every single play. And some people call that hero ball, but that's his mentality. He feels as though every play he should go out. And I think that's what hurt Carson. I know that's what hurt Carson. He wants to exhaust every play to the last, you know, very second. He, she's trying to get the ball and deliver the ball down the field, make every play work. And sometimes you got to realize that, you know, all right, I got to, you know, throw the ball out of bounds or slide to live and fight or another punt. day. Or right. Exactly. They, they don't listening. do that. They That's that. how Brady made a living, man. Punt. Yeah. Is there a quarterback in NFL history that utilized the punter and field goal kicker more than Tom Brady did in his great observation? How many Super Bowls did he win? Exactly. How many times did I know? He- two, I know a three. I know a three that he won from from conceding back. Like you know what? I'm gonna get the ball down. I don't have to score it. I'm gonna let Adam Vinatieri go out there and be the hero. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I see, you know, and and Macarrell, I think he kind of he doesn't have that in him. He has a little bit of Carson Wentz in him in the aspect that he wants to exhaust every play. But sooner or later, you'll get it. You know what I'm saying? Sooner or later, you get knocked out. Sooner or later, you get hurt, and then you realize, oh, these guys now are bigger, stronger, and faster. These guys can run with me just as well as you know anybody in the league. In fact, I'm playing against an entire team of Alabama and Georgia players as opposed to just playing, you know. Alabama Georgia's once a year. Every year, I mean, every game he's going to be playing against those type of talent, you know, when he gets to the NFL. So maybe he, you know, develops into a guy that's going to be a lot more sensitive to his body, you know what I'm saying, and not get beat up like he got beat up in college. I've said this to folks that if I was a general manager of a team, it would all depend on my needs and everything, but I would take a quarterback in every single draft that that I had an opportunity to draft. If I had multiple picks, the way the Eagles have over the next two years, I would draft a quarterback. You never know when you're going to find Kirk Cousins. You never know when you're going to find Russell Wilson. You never know when you're going to find Tom Brady. You never know when you're going to find these guys. And think about it, Barrett. The <clears throat> Half the league and half the superstars. Hey, Aaron Rodgers was a first-rounder, but he was the 25th pick right. <laughs> in the first round. Right, he was right. the 25th pick. Russell Wilson was a third-rounder. Yep. You look at all these star quarterbacks that are in the game, and you look at Cousins. I think he was a fourth rounder. The guy's got, he's got like six four thousand yard passing years in his ten years. I mean, you look around the league; they don't necessarily have to be first rounders. So, but still, how we bringing him in means what? I mean, they're they're definitely um, considering him as being somebody that can help the team. Is it smokescreen? No. Or due diligence, or both. I, I think I think it's due diligence. Okay, I mean, it's not even a smoke screen. They're not even trying to hide it. I mean, I heard from, I heard about this three days ago, so they're trying to hide this, and um, they don't they don't care what anybody says because 
how he's gonna go about what he's gonna go about doing. You know what I'm saying? He's he's he doesn't care what people say uh, about him. He cares when when it's all over with because he loves to say "I told you so." But he firmly believes in his ability to evaluate talent. He firmly believes in it, and he won't he won't he won't um, deter in, in any way from his ability to do it. You know, he he'll let you know. He will definitely Jerry let Jones you know. thinks he's a good evaluator of talent too. I mean, right. you know, <laughs> you know, like I told you, Howie Roseman and Jerry Jones, they're like the American Idol guys that are doing their auditions. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and you go like this. That ain't cutting it, man. I mean, I, you know, you could, you know you, hey, Oceans would kick your ass out. You that that that, that ain't working at Oceans, man. You're working at the Motel Six, dude. <laughs> At best, okay? No, my mom says, Mom Brooks says I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know what? I was looking at Drew Drew Brees was a second rounder. Yes, out of Purdue. Yeah, and he would have been a first rounder, but that's the year one of the teams got their first round pick taken. I think it was 2000. It might have been New England that got their first round pick taken from them for doing something stupid. And he got drafted pick number 32, which is actually the first round. But one of these teams. Chargers took him. Yeah, the Chargers took him. But why? I'm trying to think of what was the team? What what team got their first rounder taken from in 2001? I can't remember, but I do know this. I saw his last college game against Georgia. And I was doing sideline, Barrett, for the Outback Bowl. Uh Uh-huh. I'm on the sidelines. I saw this guy throw for 356 yards, and I went like this. I remember going home to my wife that night going, this guy, Brees, can throw it around the room, man, but he's six feet. I don't know if he's going to have a chance to play in the NFL. Well, (laughs) good good evaluation, Sills. Way to go, man. That guy. There was another kid, too, that was on Georgia that got hurt in, like, the Pro Bowl. He was a running back. I forget his name, man. He was like the rookie of the year. And he got hurt. It was a Georgia running back. I forget his name. And it was Georgia Purdue in that game. By the way, speaking of Big Ten, you know, Ohio State never produces quarterbacks for the NFL. Look at what Purdue did. Len Dawson, Hall of Famer. Bob Greasy, Hall of Famer. Drew Brees, Hall of Famer. Jeff George. Dude, there's been a shitload of dudes that come out of that program. Ohio State ain't produced one of them. <laughs> You're looking for that because it's bugging you, right? The 2001 thing. You're looking, all right? Yeah, yeah. But you know what? I'm, I'm gonna tell you this though. You're right, man. Because I, I <laughs> you know what I went through in uh, my last year with the Eagles. You know, I, 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 I had a, a Ohio State quarterback. Um, they suck. Well, he, he definitely did. Uh, what was his name? <laughs> um, yeah. He, wait a minute. Stream, hey, help me though. Sucks. Here's what suck means to Barrett. Damn, right, right. Watch throw it. Damn, throw it, dude. Damn, throw it, throw it dude. Right. <laughs> Damn, throw it. Bang, he's hit. And here it you is. You blame that guy. Wait a minute. So you blame that guy for putting that tag on you. Man. <laughs> I mean, if the shoe fits, you got to wear it, man. You know, Bobby Hoying, thank you, 007. Bobby Hoying, yes. Bobby Hoying was, a, was, was the – the quarterback that did so me you, so that dirty. guy put a tag on Barrett. Yes, yes. <laughs> Ohio State, Ohio State, great. Hey, Bobby Hoeing took money out of Barrett's. Pocket. 
pocket. They took a buddy out of a lot of people's pocket. We were three and thirteen. Three and thirteen, man. In Philly? Yes. Yes. <sighs> and needless to say, they must Ray Rose killed. was they fired. They must have killed you guys, man. <laughs> Bro, Ray Rose, Ray Rose, like it was so bad, man. Guys were, you know, I'm I'm walking in with Ray one time and, and we had a tight end. He was going up to Jimmy Johnson. Tight end, Jimmy Johnson was walking up the stairs. And Jimmy, uh, it's like, you know, it's like 6 45, 7 in the morning. Jimmy, you know, he was an older player, man. So he used to get there real early so he can get his body ready. So he's walking up and he's got all his stuff with big bags and everything. I'm like, yo, where you going, man? I said, man. And Ray told me, I said, yeah, well, Jimmy, where are you going with all your stuff? He said, what you mean? You just cut me. What are you talking about? I said, man, I didn't cut you. He followed, Jimmy followed him down the steps, went down to his office, and, um, they had cut him and not and, and didn't even tell Ray Rose that he was cut. Didn't even. Who tell was him. the GM then? Um, Banner. Banner was yeah. Banner. Dude, that organization has no communication with any head coach they've ever had. Right. <laughs> let me. Let me. I got something else to hit on. That is some. Hey, hit the like button. He's Barrett Brooks. I'm Dan Cilio. Oh, it's one. It's eleven forty, man. We we way off. I know, time. man. I know, man. I know. I'm. I, I rocked this thing way too past it here. Hit the <laughs> like button. Back in three. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. 
Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. The middle, Bear Brook, Dan Stilio. Please hit the like button. So they cut a tight end without telling him or telling the head coach he was cut. Man, this shit has gone on to, from your time oh, yeah. to today with the lack of communication from the front office. Nothing's changed, just the head. Just the headers on the front door, dude. I mean, this is is this how he's run that organization, Lori, since he's bought the team in '95? Yeah, I um, I was his first draft class. Michael Malou's first pick, Bobby Taylor, than myself, and it's been, I mean, to me, that's that's all I knew. You know, so I didn't see anything wrong with it because that's what I was used to seeing. Bro, it was, it was times, man, that, and you have to understand too. The, the the relationship between the guys upstairs and Ray Rose wasn't good either. You know, like Ray wanted guys, like we had guys that were, you know, that were driving trucks the week before. We had one guy that was, um, uh, what was Johnson's first name? I forget. He was a defense lineman back then. He, um, he was working at a liquor store. He was working at his father-in-law's liquor store three days before he was, he was taken. Um, he, he, he brought him in to play. Um, we had guys that were driving trucks the week before, you know, driving semis the week before. So all these coaches have had awful divorces from the organization, including Andy Reid. Yes. Well, Andy didn't have necessarily a, an awful divorce. They parted ways, uh, very amicably to, you know, you know, from what I saw, you know, it, it was, it was time for, um, you think both wanted a different, they just they wanted a different looking. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they did because uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in Andy Reid's life at that point. Yep, his kids, with his kids, yeah. And then, um, you know this this city, right? You know this is a, this is a different type of city to play for. You know the expectations are always going to be, you know, that they want to win, and that's you know that's with every organization. But it's not always if you're winning, it's how you win. You think it's you know, a ten year rule? No, not no, because if you're producing, they'll love you here. But it, 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 it's Andy stayed here what fourteen years? Yeah, I think so. Years, something like that. Uh, Ray stayed four. Um, who else was out there? Um, Chip stayed two. <laughs> Doug was four. Uh, Doug right? was or five. four. Yep, four or five. And then you know, we got Nick right now. So, so would know. it be fair to say, outside of Andy Reid, that the longevity of an NFL coach is about the longevity of an NFL player? Well, yeah, the NFL player, or um, it's almost like the stint of you being in college. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The player in college. how they look at coaches. They look at coaches like players. Well, I mean, you can be replaced so easily. But here. they want to – see, the reason why these general managers, when you have that kind of power, Barrett? <laughs> I us what Savard said. Chip stayed two years too long. <laughs> <laughs> he sure did. <laughs> he sure did. Listen, but 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 Barrett, it's like the organization and the owners believe it's. This is almost like the last dance. 
Jordan arguing with Jerry Krause and Jerry Reinsdorf where they believe that organizations win championships. There is no question the Philadelphia Eagle organization is run like the Chicago Bulls were when the Chicago Bull front office always thought that they were the reason for championships. And I'll say this to you. When you have a guy like Jordan and you have Pippen and, and, and quite frankly, Tony Kukoc, Jerry Krause was a jackass. However, he did find the talent. He did bring Pippen in. He did get Rodman to come to Chicago. He did find Horace Grant. He did find all these guys. But Jordan's asset, his, his attitude was, yeah, but we got to go out and play. And that's we it. We got to go out and win. And so do organizations win championships or do the players win the championships? To it's me, like the chicken and the egg conversation. What do you think? To me, it's the players. The players win championships. Um, and, and there's this reason, reason why I say it. You look at a team like I, I saw in Washington where they brought in every superstar there was. Uh, they brought in – it was Dion. Uh, they brought in um, uh, Smith, you know, defensive end Bruce Smith. I mean, they had an all-star team there, you know, Woodson. Eagles did that a couple of years ago too. With right? the dream the team. Awesome yeah. them dudes. You know, Nami, DRC, you know, they had they had a – you know, uh, Vince Carter or Vince uh, Young. Vince Young. Uh, they had the freak. They, I mean, they had a, a team that you took, um, at, you know, a superstar from each team and you put them in there and it's a melting pot. Well, that pot didn't melt. Those crayons didn't melt. They stayed, they stayed whole. You know what I'm saying? So they never really became a team. It's up to, it's up to that head coach and the players to create, you know, saying some good soup. You can't just put guys together and they'd be okay. You know, you got to have a, a, a locker room which which presses the envelope on being a team concept type of locker room. That's why that Eagles team won, not because of the players that they had there. I mean, not because of um, the players that the, the GM brought there, but how Doug got these guys to play together is why. You know, because it was next man up. You know what I'm saying? And you can say, all right, that has a lot to do with, you know, the players they brought in. Yes, that's always the case because, you know, you, you bring the players in, but you can't always make these guys play together. You can't always make these guys mix and, 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 and want to play for each other. And that's the thing that, you know, the Eagles, it, it'd be scary if they start getting away from that. And, very- and, and to your point, that's what Phil Jackson, if you, that last dance documentary was so great because yeah, Gordon said that here's Phil with all these dishes that he's, you know, that he, he's juggling here and he's doing all this with all of this. He's dealing with the front office, you know, and it's funny because that front office fired Phil Jackson because they didn't want to give him the $3 million and they didn't want to listen to him on what he needed because the front office always believed that they knew better than Phil. And they looked at Phil as just another dude. Okay. And Phil's balancing. And like you said, Phil Jackson's greatest strength as a coach wasn't his evaluation of talent. He had ready-made players, but you know what his strength was, Barrett? Taking all those dishes and juggling them, putting people in the right position. Let's not forget Kobe and Shaq. They stunk out loud before. I mean, Rudy T couldn't get them anywhere, and Rudy T won two championships in Houston, yep. and they couldn't do anything. So that I'm just making the comparison with the front office of Philadelphia here. Philly believes the coach is just another piece on the chessboard like we were talking yesterday. They don't believe the head coach is like a Jimmy Johnson or a 
See, a guy like Bill Parcells or a guy like Bill Belichick would never make it in Philadelphia. No, no. Number one, they couldn't they couldn't handle they couldn't handle it. No, not being able to say what ingredients they want in their dish. Oh no, hell no. They wouldn't they wouldn't be having that. You couldn't tell them they couldn't bring in an um uh you know a, a player that they wanted. And and you know, oh, we're not doing that. He'd be like, "What? What you mean you you're not doing that?" You know, and he they have the time to do that because, you know, Nick is a young coach. Nick is just getting you know his feet wet as far as being a head coach. That's why he got the job, right? You know, that's why Doug got the job. Doug was coaching high school until Andy Reid went and got him from high school, and made him a you know offensive coordinator. You know, just because he you know he was with Doug when he was in Philly. Gave him that opportunity, and then when the job came up the very next year, of course, you know, Andy Reid gave him his blessing to go do it. And then, you know, just from him being in the organization, they were able to mold him. They feel as though they molded him into the cut coach he was. Man, that's crazy. I mean, Ray Rhodes, Ray Rhodes didn't know that a player was cut on his team, and that communication issue. Kid need more money? Kid need more right. money. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Hey, what do you need, honey? Talk right, 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 right. <laughs> well, it's yeah. my uh, my middle daughter's birthday today. It's your what? My middle daughter's birthday. She turns well, 30 shout today. Shout out to that. Yeah, man. She turns 30 today. And, oh, by the way, it's true. I, I mean, I appreciate you guys. You know, uh, you know, my, my, my man, New, uh, New Jersey fishing maniac. I, um, yeah, I'll be, I'll be 40. I'll be 50. I'll be 50 in May. May 5th, I'll be 50 years old, man. He said, How do you I, feel about that? Bro, I mean, I've hit the whole half century mark, man. I'm, I'm just blessed to just be here, bro. I mean, there's I mean, a lot of times in my life, man, I didn't think I was going to be oh, here, no. bro. I'm telling you. I'm with you, man. Hey, <laughs> I'm going like this now, man. I'm up there in like the, the late 50s now, man, and I'm going yeah. like this. I mean, I'm, geez, man, you're kidding me. I never thought I'd get past 40. <laughs> I, I just I never thought I'd get past 40 right. man. <laughs> bro I mean the that's shit crazy, I've man. done in my life and where I've been the people I've been I mean dude I've been to <laughs> here I'm gonna tell you so I'll tell you a small secret here I've been to the White House Me and too. I've been to another White House yeah in Dallas <laughs> I've been there and, too <laughs> and, and, and get this and I, I was serving tea to the boys over at the Bergen Fish and Hunt Club. <laughs> I, I <laughs> the nail. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to leave it there, all right? Okay. If you guys know anything about Bensonhurst, okay? South Philly, guys, you probably know a little bit about, yes, sir. about Bensonhurst, man. So if you know anything like that, I've seen it all, dog. I mean, and to see here, man, my wife goes like this, man, I can't believe you're still walking. <laughs> Bro, can you believe that? I have my middle daughter, my middle, my middle kid. That's spectacular. Good turns for you. 30 today. 30 man. today. 30 today, man. That's fantastic, man. Well, happy birthday, man. Yes, All right, sir. let me ask you something here. Tell me the three positions you think a football team needs to be successful. Can I give you mine first? Yeah, go ahead. I think you have to have – I think – and these are the positions you have to spend money at. Quarterback? And always number one. Today, wide receiver? Yeah. And a pass rusher? Yeah. 
those are the only three positions that I'm going to spend a cake load of money on for what I need to do because I'm looking at how the Rams and the Bucks, and I'm looking at the new NFL because teams throw the ball 40 times a game. These I used to think the wide receivers, I told you this a couple days ago, I used to think they were the icing on the cake. I think they're part of the cake now. Yeah, they're part of that ingredients now. They're definitely yeah, they're part, part of, the of the ingredients. I used to think they were just dudes. You could get them anywhere. And you have to have that quarterback. Am I wrong that you have to spend money on those three positions if you want to be a contender for a Super Bowl? Not just win games and compete, Barrett, but to win Super Bowls, you've got to have money invested in those three positions. Yes, I, I, but I would add, I would add, um, I, I, to me, this is, this is what my list would be. Number one, just like you said, a quarterback. Number two, I would need somebody to rush the quarterback. And number three, I would need somebody to be the blind side of that quarterback. So everything's related to the quarterback, whether it's a guy rushing him or it's a guy protecting him from the guy rushing him. Those are my three main. Yeah, so you're going to pay your quarterback, you're going to pay your defensive rush in, and then you're going to play your your, your, your uh, left tackle or, you know, when you got a left-handed quarterback, your right tackle. You're going to pay to keep those guys healthy. And and that's that's – that's how I would, you know, build it. I would definitely spend money in those three positions, period. You know, I've always said this to people. That's why you don't see a lot of left-hand quarterbacks in the NFL because the majority of the time, the roster's built for a right-handed quarterback. Yep. And you invest all that money in that left-side offensive tackle, the blind-side guy. When you have a left-handed quarterback, do you understand that the entire offensive huddle is turned inside out? And yep. everything is reverse and – to sit there and think, see, Barrett was able to because he worked at it to play right guard, left guard. Man, there's different feet. There's different hand shooting. Yep. There's different stances. Your shoulders are different. You got, you're worried more about the outside. There's so many different techniques. Your power angles, your power your power angles, angles something that you practiced your whole life for and how you hit a guy in a three technique. Now you have to turn around and go over to the left guard position, bro. That ain't people don't realize, Barrett. I'll tell you one of the reasons that it really hurt me. I couldn't put my left hand down. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just because you know why? They put me in the left defensive tackle position. And when I had my right hand down, I was always comfortable. Then when they moved me over and I had to play on the other side and put my left hand down, that's a whole different, that's Way a whole different off getting yep. off the ground and doing that. It's not. It's something that didn't come natural, and I should have worked at it more, was being able – since Jerome was great at that. He could put his left hand or right hand down. It didn't matter. He could play versatile sides. And as you know, hey, offensive guard, you got to put a different hand down. It's a different shoot, isn't it, when you're going to yep. go punch? It's, it's, it's a different way of – your mind has to play different um, – play your body differently also because it makes a different power point. You know, you got to be strong on the inside, and now you switch that inside to, a, you know, the side that's not your strong arm. That's tough, man, and, and and you know people people don't really understand also that when you have a left-handed quarterback, the offensive coordinator has to call things differently in his head. Also, you know, usually you run sprint right option, so you know a, a you know your your receiver on your right side when he runs that little little out route on sprint right option, now he has to go to the left side and run that on the left side sprint left option. Everybody has to go a different way, you know, so it changes up everything, how you call plays, 
how you um you know how you line up your personnel, how the guys running routes have to change, um you know to being the strong side, being the left side. You know you would you would think it'd just be easy, but it's not. You know some guys really get messed up. That's why a lot of the teams don't flip flop their their uh, receivers. They'll keep the receivers on the same side unless you have a dominant playmaking receiver that does both sides. You know they don't even flip flop. I know corners. Corners don't usually flip flops. Corners usually stay on the left side of the field or the right side of the field, depending on how good your corners are. Sometimes, you know, the best corner has to follow the best player, but usually they stay left and right, you know. So, I mean, it's, it's when you when you deal with those type of issues, when you're calling defense, you're calling an offense, it's it's different, man. It's different, you know, how you defend guys, how you approach attacking defenses. Man, you know, because – when I first moved to left tackle, I had never played left tackle. I played left my entire career. I played left when I got to college, all through college. I got the Eagles. I played left for my first two years there. Then all of a sudden, my first three years there, and all of a sudden, my last year there, here comes Trey. Now I have to flip sides because Trey came in and solidified that left tackle for the next 12 years. You know what I mean? So I have to move to right tackle if I wanted to play. So if I wanted to get on the field, I wanted to compete for a position on the team and be a starter. I had to go in and beat out the uh, the right tackle was already there. You know, I eventually did it, but you know that's that's just one of the things. Then I went to Detroit. Detroit, I was starting at right tackle. You know what I mean? So I mean, it, I took it as all right. Then this is going to be a challenge. I got to figure this out. But it took me a while, man. It took me at least a solid three weeks before I was really comfortable coming out of that set and changing my feet up. And I was working on it even when I wasn't at practice. That's working on it when I was at home, you know, going out in the yard and, and just, just doing right-handed, stat, right-handed sets, right-handed sets, right-handed sets. I just had to get committed to muscle memory. You know, that was tough, man, trying to commit to muscle memory when you've done this your entire life. Now you switched everything up. Now my left hand is now my power hand, and my right hand has to be the hand that I, you know, that I fight with. You know, as opposed to being my, my my left-handed, it was tough, man. It was real tough. Even though I was dominant, I was a right-handed guy. I played left so more so much that my left hand started being my dominant fighting. Like I would lead. I shoot a gun with my left hand. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? I um, I mean, I did a lot of stuff with my left just because of that. You know what Let I'm saying? Let me show you this here, just to prove your point before we go to break here. Um, Boomer Sison at 24. He's the 24th ranked in passing yardage um, in NFL history. He's the first left-hander. And then after that, uh, there's no left-hander except for (laughs) Steve Young. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Down at number 84. You know how many Hall of Fame quarterbacks there are that are left-handed? I believe Stabler and Young are the only Young, two. yep. Yep. Just to show you that the league doesn't believe, and so that's why you say with Tua down in Miami, left-handers traditionally don't have success in the National Football League. Yeah, yeah. When it mean... comes to winning a bunch of games. Okay, I got something for you here. I want to ask you something about if the head coach and – the front office, look at Nick Sirianni. How much input is he going to have in this upcoming NFL draft? I want to ask you that, Barrett. Guys, hit the like button. Keep it here on the middle. Back in three. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Hour two. Welcome back to the Middle Big Sills and Baird Brooks. By the way, I believe Tigers even par through three. Just keep yeah. up with that. Again, I 
don't know why. It's just Tiger is one of those guys. <laughs> and that's like what it Gordon, is, too. Like Brady. You know, Barrett is just one of those guys that he's must-see television, man. It's just – I'm rooting for him, too. You, By the you way – You can't help but it. You can't help but look, man. You can't help. You know what, man? I think the things that – I th- this is going to sound crazy. Tiger's divorce was the best thing ever happened to him. And I'm going to tell you why. It humanized him. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, because there was this portrait that was painted of him that he was this perfect dude. I'll tell you something. His upbringing, you tell me what this means. You know his mother buried his father in an unmarked grave in St. Louis? What? Why? Armin Catan wrote this book, Unauthorized. He's in an unmarked grave. Damn. I don't know. I, I don't know what that means either, man. I, I, I had Armin on and I spoke to him. I'm dear friends with Armin Catan. He works for CBS News now. He worked in the sports world forever. And he wrote this uh, unauthorized, unauthorized uh, biography on him. And um, I'm like, he, they buried him in an unmarked grave at St. Louis? Why? Is he from St. Louis? I, I, I'm assuming that, I, I, if I remember right, I think that's where he was from. Okay, okay. And um, I was like. I mean, he, he did go through a lot. He did put Tiger through a lot also. I mean, and that's it's a lot of the reasons why. It was about I, the blandering. Yeah, all yeah. All the stuff that the father did, because the father wasn't. He couldn't keep his draws on too. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So I was gonna say that. Yeah. But you know, he um he uh and plus, you know, he, he grew up hard, man. You know, I mean, his pops was in the service, and you know, the amount of time, amount of practicing, you know, amount of see, I I I, I don't know if I, I did my kids an injustice or I should have done that, or I mean my kids are fine the way they are, you know. I ain't gotta worry about them um, you know dealing with the police, you know what I'm saying? I mean, my, my daughters, you know, are, 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 are good. You know what I'm saying? My, my sons are good. You know, I didn't have to worry about that, but you know, I mean, what if I would have pushed my sons to play football? Like I did, like my, my oldest son, Romel married, two kids lives in Atlanta, sound engineer, you know, doing very well for himself. Um, he's doing well, but he, he played, he playing in Kansas city. He played, um, he played football in Kansas city. And it just so happens, you know, he liked football, but he didn't love football. He played football mostly because I played football and he wanted to, you know, impress me. And I told him, you know, I sat him down and told him, man, you could tell he wasn't liking it. And um, long story long, the guy that he was playing, the position he played was tight end and defensive end. And it just so happened that Alden Smith was the same year he was, you know, they're the same age and Alden Smith played defensive end. He played defensive end, he played tight end, he played tight end. So he never got any burned. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, so, you know, it, it, it was one of those things where, you know, he got Alden Smith, one of the, you know, the best players to ever leave out of Mizzou, first rounder out of Mizzou. And, um, you know, one of the best defensive ends played for the 49ers. And now, you know, he's, he, he lost the love for it. So I'm like, man, you ain't got to play for me. So he stopped playing. My middle, my youngest son, he's 24. He played just because his friends played. Never took it serious. He was more so a wrestler. He loved wrestling. You know, went to state and wrestling. That was his thing. You know, he wanted to be a wrestler. He only played football because his friends played football. Not because I played football, because his friends played football. I didn't push them like Tiger pushed his kids. You know what I'm saying? I never yeah, did no, that. No, I, I, 
just to give you, my daughter doesn't want me to do anything for her. And I'm going to tell you this. All I do is support her financially. Right, right. Emotionally. But she wants to carve her own niche out. Hey, do you want me to call the uh, the AD? I know the AD. You know the people I know. I go, do you want me to call? And, like, you know, what I did one time was I called some of my friends at Nike and Adidas because these guys needed some jerseys. And I I happened to know a bunch of people at Adidas and Nike. And so I said, hey, can you get these guys some – Equipment, dad, no, no, let them do it. I, I don't want anything to interfere. And I'm like, okay, honey, just let me know. And I'm like, she wants to carve her own niche, dude. And she's doing a great job carving her own niche. I mean, she's an honor society person. And so I'm like, hey, man, you know, I'm here for you. So she'll ask me questions about competing. And she'll go like this. And she goes, well, dad, what's the one thing I don't have, you think? I said, will you go to hell? To win a game. She goes, what does that mean? I'm like, Danielle, I'll pick a chair up and hit a guy over the head. I'll right. take whatever it takes, a baseball bat. And even if he's my best friend, I'll break his knees like you would think that I was Nancy Kerrigan getting hit in the knees. And I, I, I was Tanya Harding. I, I don't care what it takes. Will you do that? Dad, I don't think you have to have that mentality. I go, well, then that's the last thing you're missing. Right. If you want to kill somebody. <laughs> right, go, right, right. Euphemism, Didi. It's not, you're not, you're not gonna put a knife in anybody, but it's a euphemism. If you don't have that killer instinct that coaches want you to have, that last thing, she goes, Dad, I don't think you need to. Have, I go, I do think you need to have it. I do, I think you have to be borderline insane when you play against somebody, because let me tell you something, when I play against you, Barrett, you and me are boys for life now, but man, you want to kill me. You put your gear on, you're going to want to kill me. And I do the same for you. I mean, exactly. and then we'll shake hands after, because you know me, I don't shake too many hands, but we're boys. So I got it. And I love you now, (laughs) but you get where I'm coming from. Right. Right, I mean, we're going to go out there. And I just, I just think that's the one thing she misses that, you know, that last one, she's got everything, but that one last percentage. Well, you know, my kids killed somebody. Well, my my kids, uh, my kids more so. With me, I'm a finisher. You know what I'm saying? I'm a finisher. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and I don't think my kids they've had to work as hard as I worked to finish. I was always finishing stuff because I knew that nobody else was gonna do it for me. So I have, I, I it's a must that I finish. If I start something, it's a must that I finish. Even me working on these boats. I'm going to finish this top on this boat. I'm going to finish it. You know what I'm saying? Regardless of, you know what, I'm going to finish it. Whether it looks like crap or what, I'm going to finish it. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be finished. My kids don't have that. Like, they walk in the house, they, you know, they will step over some shoes instead of putting the shoes where they're supposed to be. They'll go in, and they will literally, literally, instead of washing out a dish that they messed up. Oh, my God. They won't even, they won't even, they won't do it. They'll go in and get another one. I'm like, Barrett, Barrett, my wife will get a cat can, open it up, and leave it on the counter. <laughs> but the goddamn, the goddamn garbage bag is right. Exactly, exactly. Put the bitch. <laughs> what do you do? Why? Why? I don't understand it. Like, going to, crazy. Going to bathroom See, and leave the light on. You, you know, we're both insane. Right. That, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you just go go in the bathroom and just leave all the lights on. I mean, why you just. You, it, you you're walking by to go out the door. You just could get the like light this. Off. 
Right. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 it, it drives me crazy. It drives me crazy. You're going to step over these shoes to go upstairs. In fact, you're going to step an extra step over instead of taking the shoes and putting them over in front of the door. There, you're going to step this, over it. This, this, this morning, <laughs> coffee grinds. We had, we had steak last night. Puts it on the, on the um, aluminum foil. Uh-huh. Garbage cans right there, right, right there. Uh, right I thought it was. There. I thought it was me. I thought it was me, man. No, no, no. I'm me. so happy. There's somebody else as psychotic as me, bro. I, I, Dude, like, you know what though? This means you and me are never happy. Right, right, exactly, exactly, bro. This is what I'll do. All right, I'll, I'll go. I'll go to the store. First of all, I'll go to the store. Now, why am I buying toiletries for my kids and they don't? You know, they don't really live with me. They're part-time livers with me. You know what I'm saying? They just live with me every once in a while. You know what I'm saying? When they feel like it. But I, what I'll do is, for their bathroom, I'll buy soap. I'll buy toilet tissue. I'll buy, I even buy um, extra toothbrushes and everything. And I'll sit it in the middle of the steps. So all they have to do is, when they go up the steps, grab it. And on the way to their room, they can put it in the bathroom. And I'll be damned if it's, it's, it'll stay there for two days before I just go crazy and nuts and be like, would you guys, if you, nobody go upstairs. And it's Why a can't toothbrush. We go upstairs? Nobody go upstairs. <laughs> Don't nobody go upstairs. Don't, you're not allowed upstairs. Why can't we go upstairs? Because I had this sitting right here for the last three, two, three days, and neither one of you, nobody in this house picked it up to take it upstairs. You just walk around it, step over it. Flipped over it, but you just couldn't take it upstairs. That's just my little pet peeve, man. It, 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 you know what this is from? It's from those psychotic coaches, right? <laughs> making us do things over and over and over and over and over. And accountability. I tell my daughter, you see, guys like you and me don't have finish lines, right? Because there's no <laughs> such thing as a finish line. Because once you have a finish line, you might as well throw me in the box. I go, it's over with, man, because. And when you, my, my aunt and my wife used to say, dude, look up a little bit. Look at what you've accomplished. Look at the things you've done in your life. And I'm like, ah, screw that shit. Who, anybody looking in rearview mirrors, man, you got to be looking out the front window, man. I'm, I'm front window, front window. I'm never, dude, I'm always look. I used to be more so looking for the next thing and yep. not just appreciating where my feet are. Yep. 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 Oh, but that, don't you think that's every person that's reached a certain level that has that that has that craziness about them i mean look i I look at guys like michael jordan and tiger woods and tom brady tom brady i wonder how happy he is when tom brady can't even sit for two weeks before (laughs) he does this i gotta go back and play man i can't i mean (laughs) i I never thought he was going to retire either i never believed it i never believed it because you can't have See, you, you, you're a guy, I already see it. You know, hey, folks, you know, you know that stuff he has in his garage? Okay, man. Well, let me tell you, that's therapy. Yep, yep. That's exactly Because you know is. why? You can't have idle hands. Right, right. I, I can't sit around and doing nothing. There's got to be something for me to do. There's something for me to do. It's like, and... you, you just can't sit back on the couch and watch TV all day. No, Mm-mm. I try. That's why I have a lot, I have, I have a huge problem with watching watching tv instead of watching sports you know what i'm saying like i can't just watch just regular tv unless it's something that i'm interested in but i just can't just sitting on and watching tv 
when there's something that I could be doing. I don't watch dumbass sitcoms and shit like that. No, I, watch, I don't either. I watch um I watch sports. I watch about this. I watch competitive things in competition. <laughs> right. I, I do. I like to see people competing. That's why I like kind of like UFC. And I like things that you can't move the scoreboard on. And you see, every time I watch politics or I watch like Fox News or CNN, I see how they move the chains on people. Even if you win an election or you lose an election. See, to me, you and me, Barrett, scoreboard, scoreboard. I don't care how good you played. I don't care all the things you thought about yourself. I don't care who you think you are. I, I, I tell people, man, my best games were in my losses, but here's how I look at it. Man, we lost a game, man. I don't know how to look at it any other way. I don't I don't cookie code it and go, well, I played well. Right, 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 right. I can't right, do right. that, man, because that's just not how no. you and me had a scoreboard and get this. The scoreboard is etched in stone for the rest of our lives. Right. It's there. You know what I'm saying? I can't I can't look past it's it's there. It's there. This is what we did. We yeah. got you got beat in Norman. You know, and you or, or you know, I, I got beat in Tempe, and you're like, damn, you know, my yes. All right, let me ask you something here about your boys here. How much of an influence do you think Sirianni is going to have when he's sitting around the room? Tell me how this organization works as we're getting and we're preparing for the draft here. And this helps me out a lot too, Barrett, because you know I'm getting the fundamentals on how they go about looking at particular positions, Howie's behavior. See, I'm trying to profile Howie Mm -hmm. a little bit and how Howie handles himself. And there's no doubt that he looks at the draft like the Steelers look at the draft, that this is really what's going to make this franchise and what really is going to pour the cement in the foundation for the next couple of years. And really his legacy, Howie's legacy has two things, the 17th Super Bowl and the fact that Howie Roseman takes complete control, and has the ideology out there that it's him that has built a success since 2000. What is the influence? Now, I just heard you tell me about the Ray Rhodes story. We talked about Doug Peterson's disgruntled ending, um, Andy parting ways. Okay. How much influence will a young coach like Nick Sirianni, who has really very limited experience in a draft room, have when it comes to this upcoming draft in a couple weeks Mm. you know what i'm not gonna say that he won't have a lot of say so in the players i mean but i think well i think nick nick supports nick doesn't want to ruffle anybody's feathers so nick will nick will kind of say all right you know i'm gonna trust i'm gonna trust you guys picking the best available players for me to go out there and do my job. Boy, I'm that's dangerous. That. But I'll say this, though. I also think that Andy has a lot more pull in player, you know, in the players that will be selected than he has previously. Andy Waddell. He's the, um, he's the vice president of player personnel. So he's from that, he's from that, that Ravens, coaching tree i mean uh okay. Ravens scouting tree okay he, he so he's has, from that scouting de- scouting department from yes, ozzy yes okay and maybe that's why they had a good draft last draft well he he had a lot to do with that that draft and okay. i think they trust him i think how he's going to trust him a lot more because of that a lot more 
Um, Tom Donahue, I think he's still a part of the organization. They're going to look, you know, they're going to still lean on him a little bit, even though he didn't want Milton. Um, he's still, he's still bald, you know what I'm saying? So I think they'll still rely on his expertise a little more also, but Andy Waddell is, is a guy that, you know, he's going to put together a list. And from that list, I think Howie's going to really pick the players he feels as they'll be good for his locker room. And I think, you know, because Andy Wallace put these players here, he trusts Andy to go out there and make good decisions for the team. Now he's worked his way into the, in being, into being that guy. That's just what I think. It may be a total farce. I don't know. Okay. What I seen the player selection I saw last year, those are Andy's guys and just, you know, seeing them around and, 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 you know, just, just knowing, you know, knowing him as a person, I, you know, I, I think this is the direction they're going to go. Okay. Well, let me ask you this then. Let's put this into your garage here. If I asked you to build that bumper with a hammer and screwdriver, how well do you think that bumper would have been made? It wouldn't be made good at all. You know right. what I'm saying? Okay. So if I'm the head coach and I got to have these guys full attention on Sundays, I've got to know who they are. And if I'm sitting back watching game film on a guy, I don't know who he is. I don't know what he is. I just looking at game tape on the guy and I got to take the word of a dude. And I've got to take the word and you're telling me I got to trust. But then again, Barrett, that's how he got the job. Frank probably told him, Hey, if you don't have that, you shouldn't take the gig because those people are going to not only pick your players, but they're going to pick your nose for you. Yep, yep. That's how this thing's going to work here. So if you're not prepared to do that, you knew Nick Sirianni knew going into this that this is how it's going to be. But see, to me, again, we go down the line, and just that small Ray Road story, nothing's changed. What year was that 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 story happened? Which one? The one with Johnson being cut and the head coach didn't know. That was um, 98 or 97, one of those, 98 or 97. Okay. We'll just say from 98 until 2022, nothing changed. No. That's a, that's a culture. That's but, a you culture. Know, but, but I'll say this, though. During Andy Reid, the, the, the latter part of Andy, Reid, uh, Andy Reid's reign as the head coach, he was the major influence on the guys he brought in the locker room. I will say that. And maybe that was his demise because at the end was the talent lesser on the Eagles than yes. Andy's last two years. So maybe the reason that Andy got fired wasn't because of Andy's game day stuff. Andy got fired because what Andy did was like he did. In, and I'm going to show you something else. Andy's running out of steam in Kansas City. I'm going to show you why he's running out of steam. They made a move, but they Juju Schuster and you let Tyreek Hill go. Let me show you something here. Andy kicks John Dorsey out of the room in Kansas City. John Dorsey put all those Tyreek kills. Kelsey, you could say Andy. Watch, Andy going to get credit for it? Well, John Dorsey was in the room when all that shit happened. Right. <laughs> put that roster together. But John Dorsey is a Doug Peterson of general managers. And so when he went to Clark Hunt, he wanted more control of the personnel. Well, Andy Reid believed that he had the equity to go to Jeffrey Lurie and say, I need 
more autonomy when it comes to the personnel. Well, wait, that's crazy, man. But see, but wait a second. Think about it for a second, Barrett. He ran out of when he got more control of the personnel in Philly. That was his un, un, undoing. It was totally his undoing. It's right. not who he is. And he's a game day play caller and a coach in the locker room that knows how to motivate and knows how to push the right buttons. Hey, when it's grim, be the grim reaper. That's great shit. That's Pat Riley stuff. But evaluating a wide receiver, believe, hey, know this. Andy Reid didn't bring in Patrick Mahomes. John Dorsey did. Mm -hmm. Dorsey was the guy that convinced Reid, this is your dude here. You need to get him. You think he knew anything about a guy? And at Texas Tech, who had an under 500 record and was very careless with the ball? Absolutely not. He doesn't like turnovers. His undoing, now I've, I see it, his undoing in Philly was that he got, like you just said, that he had more control of what that team looked like personnel-wise. And the front office all said this. When Chip Kelly had the personnel control, Doug fought for it. They were like, no way. Andy's undoing was his personnel control. Chip Kelly's undoing. Didn't didn't Chip start out with nine win seasons? Ten. Ten two, win seasons. Two ten when win he, seasons, yes. When he had more control of what that draft looked like, it undid him. Yep. Yep. It well, started letting start let players go. He started letting, you know, premier play. He let D-Jacks go. For nothing, not even a bag of peanuts. Because that's his his, his insecurity in the locker room also yep. was part of his undoing. Demise. So that's yeah. why that front office is really kind of, in my opinion, that's why the front office is really apprehensive on giving coaches a lot of say on what happens on draft day. Well, hey, I'm, I'm also say this. I'm looking at the stream, and and D Train made this, uh, you know, made this. This um, depressing, um, what is it? You know, we'll put it like this. I did, he just said that Andy Wilde's the front runner for the Steelers GM job. That's freaking depressing, bro. And I'm I just pulled it up. Why do you, why why do you say that that's depressing? Because that's a football guy that might be you know plucked from this Eagles organization. He's in you know, line with Rick. Uh, I know Rick Spielman's also interviewed for that gig. Um, there's a couple other people. By the way, John Dorsey is also interviewed for that job to take over for Kevin Colbert. Kevin Colbert is a football man. That's my okay. guy. He brought he me from here. He's a football yeah. man, and I love that man. And I know he's your guy, and I love that guy. And, I mean, look at the people he had when he worked with Ron Hughes. Spielman and, yep. and, and, and him were on that Ron Hughes coaching staff or that uh, personnel staff. And Detroit, and Detroit went to an NFC Championship game because they had all that great talent inside the front yep. office there. And so when you start again, I go back and I look at at Howie. How, Barrett, do you think you could develop into a talent evaluator if you come from the side of bookkeeping? I, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't come from that world, so. I can't say if you can or you can't. You know, uh, to me, I, I, you know, I, I have to, I have to see a guy. I have to talk to a guy. I have to know what he's thinking. You know, for me to make an accurate assessment on, 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 um, 
a guy being able to go out there and pick talent. You know, I believe I can pick talent because I know talent when I see it. I see a guy, I might see a guy, you know, that nobody's really looking at. I'm like, man, that, that guy's going to be a player. He is going to be a player. That's why I say right now, when you look at it, uh, Williams from Alabama will probably be the best guy in this draft as far as a wide receiver because I, I can see the traits in him to make that he wants to be great. You know what I'm saying? I can see. Because they were coached into him? You yeah, you could tell that. You could tell that. You could definitely tell that. You know, his route running, you know, how explosive he is. You know, that's that's stuff that's uncoachable, but you got to know when to use it and how to use it. And he knows those those things, you know. Attention to detail. Exactly. So I think Andy Waddle, he is he will be the reason why they have a suggest su- successful draft. He'll have a lot to do with it. And, you know, my belief in him is that he could turn this, he could turn this Eagles program around. He can turn it around uh, from his knowledge of being around the Ravens um, and understanding, you know, what you need to build those championship type of teams. I'm going to give you, I've asked Jimmy Johnson this, and I think Jimmy, Jim, let's not forget something. Jimmy just didn't build the Dallas Cowboys. He found Jason Taylor in the third round. He found Zach Thomas in the latter rounds. These guys are Hall of Fame type players. Jason's already a Hall of Fame guy. Yep. So his his eye for talent was crazy great. These were some of the benchmarks that he goes, the next time I draft a dumb player, hit me over the head with a brick. I don't believe in drafting dumb players. I want guys who love the game, and I want guys that are committed to the game. I want weight room dudes. I want guys that are always working on their game. I want guys that are smart. See, some would say this. You know, I'm not talking about doing your checkbook smart. I'm talking about doing your film work smarts, football smarts. You know what's crazy? I tell people this all the time. Hey, am I weak in other things in my life? Absolutely. You know why? You and me, Barrett, were so focused because our coaches focused us down through one lens. This is what you need to do to be great. Other things in my life struggled with. But man, when it came to reading playbooks, knowing what to do, what that guy put me in with those binoculars, man, I didn't see shit outside of the room there, man. We were laser focused on it. And other facets, yeah, other facets of our life, you know, you know, we're we're, we're family suffers. Yep, family suffers, yep. doesn't Absolutely. it? When you because you have to be in that when you want to be an elite player, dude. You can't be going out to parties. You can't be going to family events. You can't. And people look at it, go, well, that's a shitty way of living. Well, do you want to have generational wealth? Do you want to be able to accomplish something that you started? And you want to be able to do the things you want to do? Well, guess what, man. Sometimes, you know what? You got to take a haircut and other things in life for you to get what you really want in life. And so people are not willing to go the extra mile and that extra, maybe extra step, even some cases for some people to understand that. So Jimmy wants to have a guy. And guess what? It didn't matter what your name was, Barrett, on the back of your jersey. Yep. It, it was all, and where your helmet logo was when you're in college. He looked at guys. Does this guy love the game? Is he smart? It, does he have attention to detail? Does the game matter to him? He, th- those were the personalities he wanted with every player that showed up to his building. If you don't have those intangibles, I'm always suspect when I hear this. 
well, the guy doesn't really love the game. Well, shit, man. <laughs> or a guy shows up fat. Or a guy shows up with a bad interview. Dude, you got to be prepared when you show up. You never know. Because what was our famous line? The eye in the sky never lies. Yep. Dude, when you're evaluated as a player, that thing just ain't on Sundays. They're evaluating every step you take once you step in their building. As soon as you step in the building, you know, what are you doing? Are you just hanging out in your locker? Or are you in the weight room or getting getting uh getting uh, some extra film time or or lifting or or getting some extra treatment? You know, those are all things that they there's nothing that they didn't look at to give you evaluation. What's setting you apart from this guy? And that's what, you know, that's that's just what the game was all about. If I'm going to pick this player and we're in camp, what's setting him apart? If they're equal on the field, what can I say is setting him apart from us keeping him and, and keeping you? You know, uh, is it the salary? Oh, well, if the salary is the case, that means you got to be great in other spaces. All right, what does he do? How is he as, as, as a locker room guy? Um, how is he as a weight room guy? Do we have to tell him to go in there to work out? Do we have to tell him to come in and shape? Do we have to tell him that he needs to lose weight? Do we have to tell him to watch more film? Do we have to tell him to go in and get some more treatment? Those are all things that they're looking at and evaluating all the time. When you're in a meeting, you know, how is he talking? Is he paying attention? Is he sleep all the time? I mean, I've seen guys that were the first round fall asleep in meetings. And those are the guys that never, never worked out um, and, and, and being great or, or, you know, being worth their first round um, pick, you know, they just, they just never did. Cause I guess things were too easy for them. They didn't take things as serious. A guy like me, I was like, look, you know, after they labeled me a backup, I had to do everything possible to get that stigma off of me. And, it, and it, they still didn't do it, but I made it a must that they couldn't, they couldn't go without me on the team. There was a lot of times they brought in rookies that were, that were, you know, more talented than I was, but they just didn't have what I had as far as dependability. They know if they said, all right, this needed to be done, I'm already done doing it. You know what I'm saying? And that's what set me apart and I, why they would cut rookies and, and instead of keep me. So the difference is the, the, the Steelers were a championship caliber type of team. They wanted to be a champion. And if they said, all right, if it's a rookie that they've just brought in and he's not doing what it takes – to, to be in that Steelers mentality, we got to keep this old man around. We got to keep Porchop around. And that, and that's that's why I played 12 years, because I've made it almost impossible for them to cut me nine times out of ten. Here, here's what bugs me about Howie's evaluation of talent and that the coach doesn't have any say in this. Well, like you said, I think he's got say, but on a scale of one to ten, four. Probably a four. And the rest of the scouting department and the GM is going to take control of that draft day. The draft, the head coach is not going to be a star at all on draft day, just like in Dallas. Right. right. Here's my problem. How can you look at Devontae Smith and all the things you said about him? Runs great routes, works hard, team guy, looks like he really wants to be a star. And then on the other hand, you got Jalen Rager, who doesn't look like he loves the game, is – Upset because they're asking him, get this, you know, you know, here's another thing that really pisses me off about that kid. They're trying to keep you on the team by giving you special teams duties. And he shits all over that too, with lack of effort, lack of being in the right position, lack of coming back. They're, they want you on the team. 
And for me, a guy who had a struggle to stay on the team, it infuriates me because they want him on the team. It's got to infuriate you too, Barry, oh, no because, because there's a guy that's being handed one of the 53 seats in the in the locker room, and it pisses me off that he doesn't see the opportunity, multiple opportunities. He looks at it as a demotion. I look at it as another seat for an opportunity to stay in that room that we all covet. I look at how can you go from Devontae Smith to that guy when you're evaluating talent and you're looking at these kids coming out. See, he deviates too much, Barrett, from that guy to that guy. Yes. And to me, that's why he has a lot of misses in his draft. This is what I think they're going to do. consistent. Right. This is what I think they're going to do. I I think that – and and this is just me. You know, this – it may be totally different from what they're doing, but I think that the the head coach says, all right, this is what I need on the team. I need this, this, and this, and that. I need a – I need a wide receiver, number one, a rush passer, number two. Um, I need need a safety, number three. And and he gives them a list – and he may even give him some players off that list that he likes. And then – or then Andy Waddle will be like, all right, this is the players that I that I like. Which of these players do you want? And they'll give him that list. And then they'll both take the list to ha- uh, to Howie. Howie, Howie, these are the guys that the coaches like, the guys that I research and that I like. Um, you know, out of these guys, you know what I'm saying, we'll, we'll take either one of these guys and, you know, we'll go forward. And ultimately, it's going to be Howie going to be like, all right, well, you know, that's a pretty nice list. He might say, well, I like this guy over here. You know, can we add him to the list? And I think that's how they're going to formulate things, how they're going to go forward in the draft. That's the way I would do it if I was in a situation where Nick Sirianni was. You know what I'm saying? I mean, does he have the autonomy to say, all right, this player, this player, this player, this is my wish list? Or is he given a list saying, all right, you know, this is the one pick from these guys, and this, you know, these are the guys that you can pick from. You know, I'm truly trying to figure out, you know, which direction do they go? I want to ask you a question when we come back out of the timeout about Jonathan Gannon and where his place is too on a defense that needs a ton of help. Okay. Hit the like button, Barrett Brooks, Stan Cilio, back in three. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. 
What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Tiger went under par through six. Damn. That guy's limping around the course, and I don't know, man. I just think you're going to see – if that guy's on the leaderboard come Sunday, the ratings for that thing, you may get 20 shares. <laughs> right. <laughs> you may break all – he – you should see the people just gawking at him, like watching him. The, the the crowds are incredible. You know, you know what? Think about an athlete who's bigger than his sport. Jordan, Tiger, Tyson at one time, right, Barrett? Yep. Tyson, Jordan. Um, you know, I don't that- do you think LeBron was bigger than NBA basketball? Do you think he do you think LeBron had the cachet of Tiger and and, and and guys like 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 Tyson and MJ, do you think do you think Brady even was bigger than the NFL? I don't know if he was. I, I think when LeBron first was in that transition of going to the NBA, he had that cachet, and now that he's old in his career, he has the cachet back again. During the time he was playing, I don't think he had it. He was. To me, he wasn't on the level of a, of a Jordan. You know, when Jordan was there, it was Jordan, the Bulls, and there was nobody else. You know what I'm saying? He never elevated the fan base, though, like Jordan did. No, like, not like Jordan. They did. have less fans watching NBA basketball today, and I think it's got a lot to do with the country club mentality that these players have where they take all these nights off. Jordan played 82 ball games. Yep. Every year he played. And all those stars played like that. And Jordan elevated. NBC dropped carrying the NBA when Jordan retired from the Bulls. They said, we're out because we know the ratings (laughs) ratings went through the floor. They've never attained those type of numbers. I don't ever remember watching Sixers basketball on Sundays 
unless right. the Bulls were playing them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. what it is, you know. So you look at, you know, Jordan, Jordan, you know, is 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 almost like Jordan was, you know, like almost like the Super Bowl. Super Bowl is the number one watched event um, in the world. You know, everybody watches the Super Bowl. When you look at when Jordan was playing, man, those numbers that they had, man, was huge, ridiculous, ridiculous, huge. Then, then here comes Tiger. Tiger, they would shut everything down for Tiger when he was playing. You know, um, I, you I mean, think I don't Brady know. ever really was bigger than the NFL? No, no. I don't either. No, no. I because you know why the NFL does one thing greater than any other sport. They don't promote one dude. Yeah, yeah. They promote the brand. Yep. And, and the they're the NBA, best at doing that. Yeah, they're the best at doing that, promoting that brand also. The NBA promotes dudes. Right. And that's why they get so caught in top-heavy teams where these guys are all moving around, Barrett. Nobody gives a shit about the magic. But you know what they do? Market number 248, Green Bay, fans care about the Packers. Or if right. you're in Nashville, people care about the Titans. Memphis Grizzlies, the only reason I'm interested because they got a superstar player there. Yep. But now, the NFL, now they do. Yeah, now, now. The NFL, everybody is in the ball game. You, you, you can be a star in Green Bay. With, think of that for a minute. It's one of the smallest cities in America. And you've got one of the biggest stars in America – in, and you've really had two of the biggest stars for 30 years in market number 248. Yep. That's pretty crazy, man. The NBA, that's why it's top heavy. Wake me up in June when the finals are here. And by the way, LeBron not being in the finals, being in the playoffs, it's going to destroy that sport too. Yep. You think yep. people really follow Kevin Durant? Exactly. I mean, the Sixers are going to get a great fan base following it because, hey, by the way, you think the Sixers can win the NBA championship? Not the way they're playing. The way now. Harden's playing. Not the way they're playing now. Not the way he's playing specifically now. I mean, he Harden might have hurt um Embiid's yeah, MVP run. Absolutely. I think he's hurt it because, you know, I mean, he's Embiid is still going out there giving you 40. You know what I'm saying? 40 rebounds. I mean, 40 points, maybe, you know, 15 rebounds. He's still giving you MVP like numbers. But I think when when Harden got there, the expectation of more games being won. Um, is, is kind of counterintuitive to, to his, you know, being an MVP because now their ex- expectation of him being, uh, uh, you know, more than what he is, 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 is tough now, you know what I'm saying? Because they're supposed to win now and they're not winning now. At this point, I don't think Harden is living up to, to what his part. His He's not living up to his bit. Yeah, yeah. His legacy is on the line. Third stop, ate his way out of um, Houston, cried his way out of Brooklyn. Now he's in Philly. Bro, let's go, dude. I'm going to hammer you if you don't play well in the postseason and deliver for a beat. By the way, correct analysis. He has helped Giannis crawl back into the NBA, yes, NBA he has. conversation. And it really yeah. is lack of winning. Yep. And, and, and it started after he beat him here in Philadelphia. From that right. point on, from that point on, he's been, you know, back in the scene. You know, of course, out west, you know, where you guys are. You hear his name, but they weren't. We weren't hearing his name on the East Coast. Oh no! But no. after he lost, after Joker, being lost to him, all you heard is Joker and Bead, right? Yeah. Now it's Giannis closing the gap quickly. 
Yeah. By the way, this is going to come down to these last three ball games here. Yep. MVP voting. All right. I get before we get to Jonathan again, and I want to throw this at you here. You think this is a fair time to sit here and look back at the 2018 quarterback class? You think, okay, what? How many years? It's going into the fifth year now, right? Yes. Okay. Baker Mayfield was taken number one overall. Where would you draft him in today's NFL draft? Third round. Third round. Yeah. Well, that's round. a colossal F. The first <laughs> pick in the draft yes. is a third rounder? F. Sam Darnold was taken third. What round? He's now on his second team in Carolina. Mm, I, I would say he would be C minus third round. Uh, maybe, no, probably even fourth or fifth round. Fourth, I'll give you the bet. I'll give him the benefit. Fourth round, F. <laughs> Josh Allen, the seventh pick in the first round in 2018. I pick him high first, like even higher than seven. That's an A. Yep. Tenth pick in the NFL draft in 2018 was the greatness out of UCLA, Josh Josh Rosen. I give him a D. F. He was the 10th pick. 10th pick. To Arizona. But, you know, they had – he had character issues when they were drafted. They said he didn't really love – he was always hurt. Yeah, he, he didn't really love football. He grew up, you know, country – I don't even know where there. he is. I don't even know if he's in the league. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the 32nd pick in that year's 2018 draft was Lamar Jackson. Got to give him an A. You got to go. He's still – he'd be high first. He'd be mid first. He'd be around 15 now, 14 now. So who would you take, Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson, out of that draft? Right now I would go Josh Allen. Is it close? It's very close. Yeah. You know, it's a flip of a coin close. That's how close it is. It's a flip of a coin close. So those two dudes would probably go – with the way the quarterback position is being evaluated – um, those two guys would probably go one and two. Yep. Especially in this draft. Oh, there's no question about that. Right? Now, now, now what would you say hurts? What would you put hurts? Low first round. Yeah. I think he's improved. Yeah, no, he when here, here, I'll be candid here. When I saw second round, I thought it was a joke. He moved up to in the second round to get his ass. Yep. yep. And I went, there's no way that guy's a second rounder. He's lived up and then exceeded because he put the team in his back and put him in the playoffs. He was okay. um he was actually I had him rated a third round pick when I did my evaluation. Right Xander now. says hurts thirty second overall for the fifth year option. That's I, I I think he's I think he would be where Lamar is. Yep. In this draft this year, he'd be. He'd be down near 31, 32, somewhere down in that thing. I I I I think he's he's better than Josh Rosen, who was taken 10th. I mean, <laughs> or Sam Darnold, who's garbage. I said he was garbage because he had a ton of picks at Southern Cal. Here, my point where I'm trying to go here also is so I always got all these draft choices and all these uh first rounders, right? Well, shit, the Browns were wrong on Baker Mayfield, the Jets were wrong on Sam Darnold. And the Cardinals were wrong on Josh Rosen. 
That's one, three, and ten. And how he's going to get all of these picks right over the next two years? Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> That's three different organizations. But how he's going to get him right? Right, right, right. He's going right. to land on all them pads. Come on now. Common sense tells you that's not going to happen. Well, you look at it. Um, I mean, Howard at this point is, is rumored to be looking at, um, you know, at, and the stream has been on this for the past two days, looking at Cooks, you know, and uh, trading for him. You know, what would you think he would, he would, um, he would ask, you know, what would be his asking price? Where, I, I forget, where is he? He's in with the Texans. Texans. Said uh, Philly reportedly offered a third round pick, a fourth round pick, and Malcolm Jenkins back in the day when he, you know, his last year for Brandon Cooks. You know, when he was too, when he was with the Saints. That's a little too rich for me. When I'm talking about that was when he was with the Saints. Oh, okay, okay, he was with then the maybe. Right, right, right. Not today. I went that, that. No, back in the okay. Okay. I'm not saying he's not a baller. I'm saying this. I'm not giving that much up for him. That's a lot, dude. Let me ask you this, Hoss. Look at his numbers. Look at his numbers, though. It says his season average over the eight, past eight career, eight years, his career, he's been he's averaged 71.6 receptions, 989 yards, 5.8 touchdowns. That's the starter all day in my book um, here in Philadelphia. Of course, in Philly it is. <laughs> <laughs> in Philly, that's to me, those are average numbers. Oh but, my goodness. Barrett, man, you've been you've been poisoned. You've been poisoned by mediocre. 71 receptions. Congratulations. 989 yards. We we don't have a guy like that right now. <laughs> Dude, really, Xander just said it, man. You got Lori disease right now. Wow, 900 yards and 71 cat. I'm going, okay, that's a dude to me. <laughs> <laughs> but he'd be a, he'd be the one here. Good guy. What are we talking about here? I want a fifteen hundred yard re- receiving year, and I don't want that Fruit Loop in Atlanta. Calvin Ridley. Well, Calvin Ridley's a Fruit Loop. I don't want to play because my contract didn't get done. Man, right, right, not right, working right. for me. Right, and then um, shut up, uh, Sills. That's how I know I'm telling the truth. Go ahead, brother. <laughs> Um, they're still, uh, evidently also Tyron Matthews, the honey badger is still in communication with the Eagles. He so is. It, I heard there's a deal on the table for him, but here's the deal. What is it? A one year deal? A prove it deal? One year prove it <laughs> deal. And get this. The saints want to give him two years and bring See? him home because he played at LSU. Right. Right. And you don't think that's more appetizing for a guy. Yeah, and, and plus, you know, say what you want to say. The saints right now are probably front runners. Uh, as, as far as tops in the um, in the NFC, damn Barrett. Yes, they are front runners right now. Hold on, seventy one, nine hundred. I'll take that. I'm like, oh man, you've been poisoned, bro. I, I, I my expectation. You need a cleansing. Well, you just told me. You just told me we haven't had a hundred yard receiver ever in the history. In the history, uh, of I mean, hundred. You've never had a hundred catch. catch receiver, right? A hundred catch receiver in the history of the Eagles. We've had a tight end do it, but never a receiver. So I tried to call you on that, and I looked and researched it because I played with guys that I thought had a hundred catches, and they didn't. 
Me, come on, you could have brought you could have bought me with a wooden nickel <laughs> that uh you know that my guy Fry guy Urban Fry didn't have a, a hundred receptions. I don't think he had more than nine, eighty-eight. No, that's what he had. That's what he had. He had eighty. No, I set you up, dog. I knew it. <laughs> Dang man. <laughs> I mean, hey. that's, that's, I, I, and we only had one four thousand yard passer, and that was Carson. With One. no thousand yard receivers on that team, mm-hmm. got to be more careful. <laughs> got to be more careful. I mean, you would think, you know, because we had five and we had McNabb here, you would have thought that we'd have had at least one. Thirty nine hundred, I think his best year was. Wow. Yeah. How much influence do you think Jonathan Gannon is going to have in this draft? Oh, By the way, who do you uh, think hired him? I thought it was Nick because you know they have you know they have some history okay. together. Nick, right. uh, in fact, I think I they, know. they gave they I think they gave Nick the autonomy to do that, and that's one of the reasons. Yeah, why off this Doug list. Left. Yeah, yeah. Off this <laughs> okay, <list>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. So, how much influence do you they, think you'll have? Uh, little to none. But look at this though. I bet you this. You know, you talk about there's no money in our stars on the offensive side of the ball. I bet you we have the least paid. Coaching staff out, everybody's staff also. I completely agree because they're all like, they're all like dudes with, you know, just you're right, dudes. training wheels, dudes. They're like, dudes. you got tra- you got train you got a training wheel coaching staff with a training wheel quarterback, and you got training wheels going on in your offensive huddle. That's why the numbers are there. Get this, bear. The number one thing when you know you're doing well in the NFL is what, isn't it? Your paycheck. Yes, exactly. You well, there ain't no paychecks in that huddle. For performance. <laughs> well, there ain't no paychecks in that huddle. Which means there's 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 no performance in that huddle. Which means there's no commitment in that huddle. Was well, because by the by the front office. Right, right, right. Ooh, get that fire extinguisher out. <laughs> this is ridiculous, man. Ridiculous, man. <laughs> hey, man. I'm going to tell your boy, uh, Bruce Arians, today. Now, unless something freaky, he's on the West Coast, so we're going to have him at 530. Now I know why he uh, postponed the interview, because he was stepping down. I thought it was something else, but he was stepping down, and I want to get to all the truths and non-truths of all the rumors that are going out there, and I'm going to have Bruce Arians on at 530 Eastern today. Right, right. I love the guy, man. I just, I think he is just one of the greatest coaches that you could ever play for. Cause the guy believes in character and he believes in, you know, who you are inside and doesn't look at anything else other than that. Your true character. I just, I, I love the guy. I really he's, do. He's my dude. Like I said, he got more soul than I do, man. So tell Bruce, I said, what's up, man. All you right. bet I will. Barrett till tomorrow, man. Love you, man. Thank you so much. Four to six. Don't forget. We'll see you on the flip side.
Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.